support black podcasts. Don't call it a podcast. This is just shit you gotta hear. Serious rap shit, that is. Covering all things in and around hip-hop culture. It's the Serious Rap Shit Podcast. With your hosts, John Morrison and Josh Leedy. Get everything that's going down in the world of hip-hop, including the daily fuckery that's going on in the life of your host. And believe me, fuckery is what it is. Serious Rap Shit Podcast. Find it on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and any place and every place that you find good hip-hop. And remember, support Black Podcasts. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gutter Tom. Gutter Tom! <laughs> I'm Johnny Destructo. And I am the Bat Tribble. And uh, we're here at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. It's my comic shop in Maniunk. Uh, hi, Len. Hey, JD. We got letters. You know what else we got? Brandon. Brandon? Brandon. Brandon. Oh, man. <laughs> this has to be a quick one today. Yeah, I have to leave we gotta early. go. But, uh... Brandon, do you have any, any questions for us today? No. No. You don't? You don't? And I, I can't think of any quick questions. All right, All well, right. you don't have to ask us a question okay, right now. Fine. We're going to get to emails. We're going to get to emails. All right, so sit back and relax, Brandon, and when it's time for you, we'll give you a mic, and you can ask us three questions. You can sit in the daddy chair. It's fine. You don't have to sit on the So Brandon will be asking schools. us three questions today, today ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on uh, returning feature. Brandon asks us. Brandon asks us. But yeah. first... We are going to go through the emails that we got. Letters. We got letters. We, we got, got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. letters. This one is from Maurice Poplar. JD. That's me. Yes. Yup. Richard, Stur- Richard Stark wrote that work, son. <laughs> he did. He did. I love the Parker novels. He was an awesome anti-James Bond. When people complained about the ascendancy Wolverine and the... The ascendancy of Wolverine and the anti-hero. I used to reference the Parker mm. novels as "Nope, been around for a while." Nice. And Earth, Wind, and Fire, bruh, uh, bruh. <laughs> get your life. I envy <laughs> you. I wish I could hear music as dynamic as Earth, Wind, and Fire for the first time once again. You know, we had that whole conversation about it, and I have. Yeah, I didn't even. You still haven't. I go d- haven't done it. I have to put it on Spotify or something. Yes. You know, I wish we were like, you know, just a real quick aside. There are women on the internet who are like either cosplayers or models or porn stars or whatever. And they've got an Amazon wish list. And then mother, mother lovers on the oh internet boy. Yes, will they do. just send them free stuff. Yes, they will. Yes, they podcasts will. don't get that as much. Podcasts don't get that love. We can't, we can't come up with like an, an OnlyFans.com slash gutter talk. Yeah. We ain't going to get no We don't even have a subreddit. Yeah, we ain't going to get no loot. We ain't going right. to get no loot. Uh, so much to say about Infinity Wars, but did it trip you out how scenes in the trailers totally don't show up in the movie? It always fucks me up. Yep. Damn it. 
But you knew that was going to happen because they were playing the fake out with the Hulk. You can't be talking off mic, Brandon, because then you... We don't want to just say what you want to say. We want to hear your voice. I was just but now say, you've got a microphone in your hand. Yes, I do have a third microphone that I could give to him. And I could pause this. And I was going to if we at least gotten through this email. But, of course, Brandon had to pipe in because Brandon walks in. It's like, oh, you're doing my show today? Well, then, Why didn't me. I get a call? Well, I didn't. I must have missed that call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Finish the email. Finish you the were email. supposed to knock on the door of my trailer and let me know that you were ready to ready for my We my did, close but he was Craft services, we couldn't find them. Exactly. Um, so that was the end of the email from oh. Maurice Poplar. What was the last bit again? About the about the uh, scenes not showing oh, up in it, the movie. Did it f me up that there were scenes? Did in it the trip trailer? you out? Uh, I've the biggest one that I've noticed for that type of thing was the Rogue One trailer, the Star yeah. Wars Rogue One trailer. Yeah. And there's so much in that mm-hmm. that I literally want to. I wish I could hop. I, I could use like a dimension hopping device. I could flash my way over there just to watch that version of the movie. Right. Also, I, I would actually go see the Snyder Cut. Why? You, you know I'm not a Snyder guy, right? Yeah. But just because I suffered through several of those DC movies, right? the part of me is curious to see if he would have wrapped it up in a way that I found satisfactory. And that's the eternal optimist in me. <laughs> it, it must be. Either that or it's the person that is the glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, is yeah. you as well. Yeah. Because there is nothing in Zack Snyder's uh, filmography that leads me to <laughs> believe that he is going to wrap this up very well. But... E- except 300, and that's because it's not his story. The... The, I've heard several things about the Snyder Cut that was supposed to happen that wrapped up things that were happening in the other movies, such as the quote-unquote nightmare, K-N-I-G-H-T, the mm-hmm. whole reason for the Flashpoint right. nightmare thing, right. was going to be explained in Justice League, but then it got taken out because of the Joss Whedon stuff. Mm-hmm. So just the completest in me who keeps buying comic books that aren't good just because I, I, I'm a completist, <laughs> which I'm, I'm much better at now. I used to be this way. I want to see that. So with Avengers, I like that fake out because I was surprised. I'm like, well, when's the Hulk going to show up? I saw yeah. him in the trailer. Right. And he keeps wimping out. Plus, so, the, like the the one scene that everybody talks about was like the hero running scene. That's the one I'm talking about. With, it, it, it everybody talks showcases about showcases the Hulk right. right there. I actually am happy that that scene is not in the movie because I always felt that that scene looked badly dumb? made. Yeah, yeah and yeah. dumb. So I'm actually glad that they didn't. It was just do that. there to have a everyone posing exactly. moment, kind of like they did. But I like the way they did it in Avengers Two when they were in the very beginning and they're storming the castle, which is totally different. And yeah. they all jump in midair mm-hmm. and like there's a nice shot right. of all their profiles. Yeah, I thought that was dope. But um, I want more of that in my trailers. I want more misleading information because I'm one of those idiots who complains about trailers and then watches all of them anyway. Um, that they show too much. Right. So if there was stuff in the trailers that they showed just to throw me off the trail to surprise me later, 100% for it. I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah, because let's face it. The trailers are now an event to, unto themselves. Mm-hmm. There's so, trailers for trailers. Yeah. You know, so you know, if they want to do this behind the scenes of the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we took this and we, we cut here. You know, <sighs> fuck I, yeah. I mean, Excuse me. But thank you so much, Maurice. We appreciate the um, email. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. You know what? I'm not done yet. There's a couple other things I want to talk about that, just because I want to give his email the a proper amount of, of uh, focus. So um, we just rewatched the trailer, 
And there was one line that I really wish was in the movie that was in the trailer, and that was Thanos saying, uh, fun is not something one considers when balancing the universe, but this does put a smile on my face. Yeah. And I was, I was waiting for that because that's such a great badass line. Um, and then, Brandon, you had one? Uh, I was thinking in uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer <clears throat> at the end. Where Spider-Man... Oh, where they're flying towards the yeah. camera. Yeah, just like them hanging out. Yeah, that wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't need that. That's another one where it's just like, hey, look, these two characters that you like are together. Yeah. Go see this movie. Yeah. Um, Len, was there something? Do you... Do you no, you, you you pointed out a couple of differences in that video, in the trailer. You know, the whole get this man a shield line mm-hmm. is actually uh, staged totally different in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, there was something else that I, I know. Uh, oh, how the spider tentacles. Yeah. You don't, uh, Spider-Man's, uh, you know, Iron Spider, you don't see them in mm-hmm. any of the trailers, which they took them out digitally so yeah. that they would be a surprise. And I and I did woo. When yeah. I, I wooted when, when I saw that. I was like, woo. And I like that. I, I like, you know, trying to keep some of the, some things a surprise for people. And, yeah. and, and also giving different, you know, um, Different readings of things and different or, or or different takes. Yeah. Um, as much as you talk about that Thanos line, as badass as that line is, I think Thanos, as he is played in the movie, saying that line takes it's away a out of place. out of character for yes. as they portrayed him. So and I how think much to, um, sort of he he sacrifices exactly for his goal so yeah. i think i think it actually is a smart move not to have that yeah. in there i just it's so it's so good it's such a great line although yeah. it might have worked because it looked like he was saying it are we spoiling it are we allowed to spoil the movie it's been spoiled cool yeah. it looks like he's saying it right at the beginning like right after he gets the i think space one the one from thor mm-hmm. so it makes sense if he says it at the beginning like he's excited and he doesn't realize what he's going to lose yet that's true so if it, it, if it takes place before the gamora that's true, but I don't. I don't know. For, for some reason, Thanos doesn't. It doesn't strike me that this whole gathering of the of the gems Has is a, a fun a, yeah. a fun exercise yeah. for him. I think that's the reason why when he does get to like go off on the Hulk, you know, his yeah. boy says, you know, let him have his fun. Yeah, because he very rarely does mm-hmm. you know is on this serious quest now he's just able to just let off yeah. a little bit that was a great scene it was weird seeing the hulk get smashed like that <laughs> i didn't think yeah. how the hulk felt um oh and there was one more it was it was a different take on the spider i'm i'm peter parker oh we're doing our made-up names then i'm spider-man that was a different take too yeah um all right so anyway thank you i just wanted to give a couple more no most of most definitely yeah. we also got an email from uh the mayor tribble dan dinkins What's up, y'all? So y'all asked about top fives of the MCU. Well, Ooh. here's mine. Nice. Infinity War. No, this isn't being a prisoner of the moment. To me, this is the culmination of 10 years uh, to all come together in this film, along with my favorite character of all time, Thanos, made this movie perfect to me. Nice. Black Panther. What more could be said about this movie? The best story put together by Marvel in a film. Okay. Civil War. To finally see everyone together was amazing. And the chase scene. Guardians 1. Characters that many didn't know about in one movie, and they made it all work perfectly, and the soundtrack was fire. Yep. And then 
Blade. Not <laughs> not sure if this is counted because it's prior to the new newer era, but it still stands as a classic and the one that set the table for what we have today. True, but not a Marvel movie. No, in no Marvel way, because Marvel Studios wasn't even around, so you can't count it. Now, Len. Okay, yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Remember the episode of Tribbles, Black Tribbles Prime where y'all all opened up adding an AKA Tribble name? Yes, I do remember. That's where y'all all allowed me to have the Thanos Tribble, AKA same day as Snarf Tribble added to hers. Check the tapes. I could have sworn there was still another Thanos Tribble. All right. Oh, lastly, where's my picture? <laughs> What? I don't, know. I don't know what he's talking about. Which you, uh, you know what he's okay. talking about? All right, Dan, you have to email us again exactly what the picture is <laughs> that you want because I can't find that email. Yeah. And then JD is going to be drawing that one because I have to draw Richard Ng's yeah. uh, commission. <clears throat> yeah, remind me. Remind me what that was. <laughs> so we do remind me. Much love to y'all as always. Mayor Tribble. Uh, you know what? Maybe if the listeners started sending me more stuff from my Amazon wish list. I might have more time to draw. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Um, thank you, Mayor Dinkins. Mayor Triple Dinkins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you you said we had another email. Oh, we got this email from Joel Bradshaw. He emailed us. Longtime listener, first time emailer to Gutter Talk, at least. In response to what WB could learn from Marvel Studios with Infinity War, I think they could learn how to diversify their characters and ultimately bring them together. Let me explain. In Infinity War, there are multiple genres and locations clashing and meeting up. Wakanda slash Black Panther, Space slash The Guardians, Magic slash Doctor Strange, and Superhero slash The Avengers all come together in Infinity War, and each style is still there, from the visuals to the character interactions to the music. If WB took that approach to each of their heroes, Aquaman has its own feel, Flash his own, Wonder Woman her own, then combine them together to face off against the forces of Apocalypse, it could be awesome. It's a bummer that WB is so eager to just throw anything out into the ether rather than carefully and structurally build out a cinematic universe for the DC properties. Just a few thoughts. Joel, my man, absolutely, 100%. First of all, I didn't know how to divvy up those teams because we were talking about that before and I'm like, oh, everybody comes together kind of seamlessly. But yeah, I didn't realize it was like space, magic, Heroes, Wakanda. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to, like, you know, divvy them Break out. Break it out. Um, and 100% about DC. If they I really felt like, never mind the Zack Snyder stuff, never mind that I don't feel the characterization was on point. That's neither here nor there. But just their overall way of going about it in that we're just going to throw everything out now mm-hmm. without any of the, the work, any of the steps to yeah. get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just going to start breakdancing without learning how to do any other kind of dancing. Without stretching. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I, what a shame. It is a shame. And I don't know what, I mean, they're just, they have no choice but to keep m- moving forward. They have no choice but to keep, I mean, to a degree, they're kind of doing it with Wonder Woman by keeping her as period movies. Mm-hmm. Because the next one, I think, is supposed to be set in the 80s. Is it? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so... um you're kind of doing it so because of that Wonder Woman will ha- always have her own type of feel you know um, and I have a funny feeling that they will let go of the reins a little bit more so mm-hmm. because even though Wonder Woman had her own feel there was still a little 
darkness, mm-hmm. you know, especially with like that whole World War Two, World yeah. War One fight scene at the end, mm-hmm. it felt very Zack Snyderish. Yeah. Like that could have been in like one of the Justice League or Batman v Superman. The end fight with uh, um, her and Ares, yeah, was cut and paste Justice League or pretty Zod. much, yeah, exactly. So I got a funny feeling they'll they'll take the reins off um, for the for the next film. One because the first film was so successful and there has been such backlash against anything that even remotely resembles the Snyder or now slash Wheaton yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? But, and who knows what, I don't, who, I, who knows what the hell is going to happen with flash. I, I, yeah. I, I they're lost. They uh, should give up. The, they should Brandon, give it up. Uh, I was just thinking about it. One thing I would do, because they've announced that they're like going to do like a red sun movie and like something else. Red sun. Mm-hmm. So they're so more evil Superman. Yeah. They're going to be start. They're going to start doing like more standalones. So I'm thinking, what if they keep Wonder Woman and they have her be the anchor to, like, the main universe, cut out the rest of the Justice League, and then do a bunch of standalone one-off movies, and then do a multiverse movie, Mm. and then have that be their Avengers? Oh, that'd be kind of fun. That could be interesting. I don't think it'll happen, but that sounds cool. And also, they haven't done any of them yet, Yeah. so they're not ruined yet, so I can hope. So, and you mean there's going to be a Red (laughs) Sun live action? That's what I heard, yeah. Mm. Can we just get one movie with like a nice and then Superman? Flash is supposed to be to Flashpoint, so. Huh. All right. Cool. Uh, I want them to fix that costume. They have to Birds costume. of Prey, which we'll see where. Oh, that goes. Birds of Prey. See now, now there, I think they've got some opportunities. True, but to stretch their wings. No so far, it's tender. worrisome because like the director they've announced seems cool, but she's apparently directed like one indie movie. Hmm. Period. <laughs> No, I mean, but you can't not the, not that the Russos, who uh, had only done really Community, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, before they jumped and into development, yeah, oh, and, and Arrested Development before they jumped into the Captain America movies. Yeah, that's happened a bunch of times. True, like even uh, Cloverfield. What was it? Um, Ten Cloverfield Place. Lane. Yeah. Way. Way. Lane. 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 That was it. Lane. Um, that was a first-time director, and I thought he did a great job. I used to listen to his podcast, The Totally Rad Show. Yep. Yeah, but um. So thank you so much, Joel, for writing in. I believe he had my back a little bit when people were coming at me on Twitter because I dared to say something uh, less than glowing about Zack Snyder's Man of Steel film. Uh, Listen, that was fun. you know, I'm not big time on Facebook, so y'all can't come at my back on social media, but feel free to find me on Twitter at the Black Triple. <laughs> Zack Snyder, I'm not, I don't know the man personally, and I, and I don't want to speak of him personally. No, of course not. But as far as professionally and his professional work, he is a man who can work some visuals. Yeah, it's gorgeous. He can work. He can, he can work some visuals. However, he is not a good storyteller. He is not a good director. Nor is he, I believe, a good filmer of action. Mm-hmm. So, uh, therefore, he is not a good movie maker. Mm-hmm. He makes pretty pictures and even then he makes pretty pictures inside a computer it'll be interesting to see how he does with practical effects mm-hmm. to see if he really actually can pull it off um, but other than that I, I don't think much of his work and there's stuff that's interesting to look at and when he's right working with a story that is fully crafted from beginning to end i.e. 300 i.e. Watchmen mm-hmm. 
it clicks. Yeah. Everything else that looks like somebody shot it up, like it, it, it like they shot up my man, um, Sonny, on the causeway in Godfather because <laughs> it is lit up with nothing but plot holes, plot holes, plot holes, plot holes, plot holes. He's not a good storyteller. If you don't, if you don't agree, see me. Um. Yeah, Randy, you can email him at the Black Tribbles. At Randy ain't gonna say, you know, because Randy, as much as he, you know, sucks at the teat of BVS mm-hmm. and Justice League, he will admit that there are some problems. It's just not enough for whatever reason to get his his head out of the clouds. And I get it. There are things that if if there's something about a movie I don't like, but mostly like, and mm-hmm. then someone's able to explain it to me, then I go, oh, okay, now I'm I'm good. Right. You know, in my headspace, wherever that movie exists, I can put it in a slightly more pleasant headspace than it was previously. Right. Because I just needed an answer to that question. No one was able to tell me uh, how they're able to. I literally, so a lot of people came at me because I had said, oh, young Clark was great, but it's a shame that he grew up to, like, help murder half of Metropolis and then make out with Lois in the crater that used to be a, a giant city. Right. Um, and a lot of people were calling me a moron for that. And obviously, I never even saw the movie because that's not what happened. But then I made a more serious, I'm like, serious question, guys. Mm-hmm. How are you able, as a viewer, how are you able to justify all of those deaths? And while he's making out with Lois, is it that the buildings were just, em- they were emptied in time? Like right. there was empty buildings falling down all over the city? Um, or or is it just that, oh, to make an omelet, you got to break, break a few eggs. So there were people who were dead, but they're dead and Superman couldn't help them anyway. Nobody wanted to give me a legitimate reason. What I got was, you're a moron, and show me, I want to see uh, timestamps and screenshots of where they said that there were people in those buildings. I feel like, I mean, not to defend those movies, uh-huh. but I feel like, um, I don't get why people suddenly care. Like, I feel like that happens in the Avengers, too, mm-hmm. and like, Thor and everything like that. Yeah. And I feel like people ignore the deaths mm-hmm. in those, but for some reason... Because really in all of those films, there is lip service paid to the heroes making attempts to save people. Yeah. Or they're either, they're, either they say it or you actually see them going about it. Mm-hmm. In Man of Steel especially, and most egregiously, Superman, of all the heroes, makes little to no effort to be saving people yeah and if they did it happened in between shots yeah he's so fast it happened the camera couldn't find him right um i mean and then there's the one where he he murders zod to save that one family and i realize that's supposed to be the big scene of like him protecting humanity but you literally just knock down like five or six buildings you just 9-11 to a whole bunch of buildings Mm -hmm. um and not not for nothing at the time it came out i don't know what i don't know what year it was but watching that one building come down in Man of Steel towards the camera gave me a little bit of anxiety because I was like, ooh, oh, that's... And it reminded me literally of living through 9-11 and seeing that come down. Um, and then to see him not dig people out of rubble to, to yeah. help them. And then instead, I'm going to go kiss Lois in the middle of this crater. Yeah. Yeah. But my, I'm glad someone did it because I don't have the, uh, the capability uh, of video editing, but someone had taken that scene of him just like softly lifting up an inch over the ground and floating over to Lois and then landing and having his sweet moment and they're kissing. And what they did was they took just screams of all of the people who were trapped under the rubble and edited on top of it, of just like a whole city full of screaming people. So, but yeah, to why people care, um, that was a good point, Len. 
I got a lot of what about isms about Man of Steel. Well, what about Avengers? Oh, I guess they should have gotten Swarma instead. And so no one's actually able to have a conversation about it without going, well, Marvel did it. And I'm like, right, but I'm not saying Marvel's right. I'm just saying Marvel showed them trying to help people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Marvel even did what Marvel did still better than them is that when you had them totally jacking up, what what, what was it? Uh, Zakovia. Zakovia. Yeah. Um, one, you saw the Avengers trying to go out of their way to save save people in there you know especially some of the less powered ones um they weren't able to do it because ultimately it was the whole freaking city city in the air but they tried and then two they spent the whole next movie dealing with it in well, different ways well to be ways. fair the whole Batman versus Superman comes about because of the destruction in Metropolis with Bruce Wayne yes which I was very I was very that was a, a great step at the end of Man of Steel I was like I really hope Batman saw all of that, and I hope they approach this and like our people are angry at Superman in part two right. because he helped level the city. Um, so I'm glad that they actually did that. To, they to do, but for some reason, uh, for some reason to me, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe and and no, Randy is not Marvel bias at all because you know I'm a Batman head. But for some reason, them dealing with it in Bat in BBS didn't land as well as it did with in the Avengers. And it, maybe it's because in the Avengers, you saw the government dealing with it. Mm -hmm. You saw the heroes dealing with it. Some of them personally. Mm -hmm. You saw Iron Man still dealing with it in, in other movies. And in BVS, yeah, you saw Bruce in the beginning. Um, oh, oh, that's another thing. You see Bruce in the beginning dealing with it. And then not long after it, the next scene is a gala party. Which seemed like, you know, like, ooh, that seems like, you know, would there really be a gala right next to it right. that, that Clark Kent is at? For what reason? Why? Mm -hmm. Why? You should you should still be giving a fuck about all these people yeah. in these lives. You should be coming to those stories for, like, freaking ever. You know what I mean? And then, in that movie, you have another egregious um, Superman scene, and I don't care about the director's cut, because that don't count, because that's not what the no, masses saw. Count, no, it doesn't count, because that's not what the masses saw. Most people saw the theatrical cut, and then the theatrical cut, when Superman goes to the Congress, or wherever the fuck he goes, and the building blows up, he Superman flies, flies away, away immediately, immediately after it. That's in the theatric cut. I don't care about the director's cut, because that's not what most of the people see. That's not what they put out there for the masses to see. The director's cut... It's only for you, for for the for the geeks, mm -hmm. and and even then, that's just to answer the question about how they fucked up. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, I blew, I'm the one uh -huh. that blew it this time. Um, how they messed fucked up in the theatric cut. Yeah. That's probably I asked, the, when he flew away after that. I was like, I literally went, "Where's he going?" Exactly. What, what's he doing? Yeah. So. Ah, good times on the internet. But also, you know, to be fair, this is a lot of fun to talk about. We keep, you know, it keeps coming up because it's just fun to Yeah, it's, debate. The, sh it's the shit yeah. that keeps on giving. Yeah, nice. I believe that's all the emails, so it's time for us to turn to Brandon Ask Us. Hey, Brandon. Yay, me. <laughs> okay. So, Brandon, you got, three, you, got, you got three questions. Mm -hmm. Since you guys were just doing top fives. I thought about this last week. Yeah. Uh, we did top five movies. What about top five characters, MCU characters? MCU. So now, oh. so Marvel Cinematic Universe mm -hmm. characters. 
But that includes Netflix and Shield because oh. Shield is definitely in universe, no matter what anyone says. Oh, well, dude, this is easy. This is easy, and I'll go. I'll go five to one. All right, and yes, there's going to be some bias in here, son. Own it, and I'm owning it. So number five, Marvel Cinematic Universe character is going to be. I'm going to say. Black Widow. Oh, okay. I, I'll be honest. She's grown on me. That's interesting because I was actually on my way here thinking about that. How everyone always says Thor, Iron Man, Captain America are like their top pillars of Marvel. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the comics they are. But to me, it seems like Black Widow is much more of a like staple of the movies well, than that... like Thor. Until like before Ragnarok, I feel like Black Widow was like... Way higher. Well, unfortunately, that's because they they probably had a, a massive contract with Scarlett Johansson and are trying to justify the money that they're paying her. So they're making sure that she gets into all of these movies as opposed to giving her own movie. But that, that's, you know, neither here nor there. But she definitely has grown on me, and I actually look forward to seeing her in the, mo in the movie. Um, and I hope that she, she does get her, her own movie because I think that, you know, I like Scarlett Johansson. I, I, I do. I, I, some people are iffy on her, but I like her. I've seen her try to do enough different stuff to think that she's actually not a bad actress at all. So, um, who's not opposed to doing the more popcorn stuff as well. So, good on you, girl. So, Black, Black Widow is number five. Number four would be... I'm going to throw a, 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 a switch in here. Number four is the Kingpin from Daredevil. Because that character right there is boss. He is no joke. He is full of pathos. He is full of anger. He is, he is cunning. He is smart. He is strong. And he don't take no prisoners. And he's got a heart. And Vincent D'Onofrio is a bad man when he gets a script. So the kingpin is number four. Number three is Black Panther. And I'm going to say Black Panther, even though there's tons of people that you could pull from just his movie alone that you could fall in love with, Okoya and Akia, or even if you want to go on the villain side of Killmonger. But it takes a lot of you know, intestinal fortitude and self-confidence to stand in a mass of those massively, you know, uh, charismatic characters and bold characters and be still sedate, royal, and still, and still stand out on top. So I'm going to give uh, Black Panther some love. Number two is Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Captain America, the suit that he wears in the first Avengers notwithstanding, because he looks goofy, in every other iteration of Captain America, he rocks. He wears the suit, he wields the shield, and most importantly, he wears the mantle of Captain America in his stride, in his stance, in his walk, in his talk, and in everything that he does. And it is America, not the ID, not, not you know, the, the, it's America, the good and the bad. And he wears it all on his shoulders. And, I, and, and Chris Evans has proven himself to be a, a very thoughtful, 
actor, and I enjoy his portrayal of Captain America. And if it, and if he does in fact leave this, um, the MCU, as much as people cape up for Robert Downey Jr. and, and Iron Man, I love I love Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. I will miss Captain America, and that will be to me the biggest hole, the biggest shoes to fill. And number one, yes, it's bias, but God damn it, she's earned it. Simone Missick as Misty Knight ah. and Luke Cage because God damn it, she's a bad lady. That's a bad woman. She can act her butt off. She she's fly. This season, I have a feeling she's gonna get her arm and it's gonna be Hold on. Go ahead. It's gonna be ridiculous. And I am proud to say that she is my friend. And it's not many people that I can say are my friend because I don't have a lot of friends. But when one of your friends are Simone and Dorian Missick, two Hollywood actors that live in a brownstone in Brooklyn, they actually look at pictures of my grandson and say, oh my God, Len, your son, grandson is so nice and want me to come see them in a play and give me tickets for a play and me and Vince have done shows with them and they actually like us god damn you forever gonna have my love nice so remember how uh, a couple of weeks ago you had met a friend of mine uh lorraine and you said on the air she she could get it yes yeah simone could get it simone could get it <laughs> hey she's f-i-n-e fine um yeah no that's a good list that's a good list uh mine all right, I'm going to start off. So we're going five down to one. Yes? Yes. Uh, one of them on, was on my list. is on your list, so I took them off just so we're not doubling up. But uh, I think number five, the first one that came to mind was actually Luke Cage. Okay. Uh, I like his look. I like his demeanor. I like how he's just a guy who wants to work and do his job. and But then he's got this ability, so he wants to protect his city. And he's pretty reluctant at first, but mm-hmm. he realizes he's the only one who can do it. Right. And watching him sort of go along that... Um, that character arc was a lot of fun. Now, his show, ups and downs, it wasn't 100% awesome. There were a couple of times where I was just like, ah, oh, that's a little silly. Um, but I also kind of respected that they were, they were leaning into the silly a little bit. Mm-hmm. But really, I think the, the thing that hasn't, doesn't have it higher on my list is he's got that shadow of uh, not Copperhead, Diamondback. Yeah. Because the first villain, that was Copperhead, right? No, the first villain was um, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. I'm sorry, Cottonmouth. He was amazing. Had he been the villain the entire time? Yes. 100% dope show. Because of the Diamondback showing up, he I don't know what he was acting in, but yeah. he was doing his own thing. Yeah. And sadly, that sort of was a bit of a shadow on, on the show for me. Peter Parker, obviously, is on my list. He should be higher up than I have him. But... um. Peter Parker, I think he's the perfect version of this character that we've seen on film to date. His The way he geeks Tom out. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah, yeah. The way he geeks out. Um, just the scene in Homecoming where they flash back to him geeking out at Civil War and like taking little Snapchats yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the little guy just got big. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> so funny. And I really believe his nerdiness as opposed to Andrew Garfield didn't seem nerdy. He seemed too cool. Yeah. And uh, Cardboard Maguire just wasn't the same in the suit that I would have hoped. Um, plus, uh, special shout out to uh, Aunt May. The sexiest mm. Aunt May okay. on film to date. Uh, then, Agent Carter. 
a nice one. That's a good is one. It's on my list. I think as a character that I didn't care about, and I saw her in the uh, first Avenger, Captain America, I went, oh, what an interesting, fun character. I would like to see more of her. And then we got it with the TV show. Uh, we got two seasons of a great TV show that I thought she was amazing in. I was sad that there wasn't a third season. She's so, she's such a good actress. She's so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, Haley really, Atwell. Haley Atwell. I she's think really she's, integral, too. Yeah. Because before, um, I think, Civil War, I rewatched every MCU everything except mm-hmm. Agent Carter, ironically. Yeah. But it, I noticed how much she's in. She's in Captain America. Mm-hmm. She's in Winter Soldier for a bit. Mm-hmm. She's in Iron Man, I think, three <clears throat> with Howard. Yeah. She's in Avengers 2 <clears throat> in Cap's, like, dream sequence. She's in Ant-Man. And then she has her final thing in Civil War. So, yeah. Plus the show Agent Carter. So she's in a lot. Yeah, she's yeah. Really and every time she showed up, I was happy to have her. I was so glad that she was showing up because I wanted more for her. And just, be, you know, there are certain actors and actresses that you follow and you just want more for them. Yeah. And so when she got, when she left... Um, Agent Carter because it didn't get renewed and she went to do a new show. I was very excited that she was doing another show, that she was getting work. But when I saw what the show was, I went, oh no. Yeah. Oh, this isn't going to last a season. Honestly, I don't remember what the show was. Nobody does because it it didn't last a season. It was basically your run of the mill, just network, hour long, like uh, procedural. Yeah. It was a job. And I I just got so bummed out. And you get bummed out even though you can see the thinking because let's face it, you if you, if a procedural hits, yeah, then you know, you're good. You're good. Then you're good for nine years. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. as soon as I saw this, I went, oh, there's right. too many of this already. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out to Agent Carter, lover. And then I had Kingpin on the list. Okay. Because for a while there, I did feel like Marvel was having a really big ven- uh, villain problem, mm-hmm. and Kingpin was one of the biggest steps besides Loki. Mm-hmm. In making an interesting, well-rounded, engaging, and threatening villain. Right. right. So he's on my list, Vincent D'Onofrio. But I took him off, and I replaced him with Loki. Okay. Because Loki is charming as hell. Yeah. Uh, every scene he's in, uh, there, there's I'm more engaged in what's happening because I don't know what he's gonna do. Um, even though he's in, he's in, incredibly predictable. He's unpredictable, which I like. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Loki, obviously, um, I was sad in Infinity War. I wasn't ready for him to bite it. I thought he was too popular. Mm. I was like, oh, they're not going to get rid of Loki. And then my man <laughs> got choked out. Yes, um, and then my number one, Thanos. Okay. Because Loki is a villain who uh, you have a lot of um, emotions for. But he could kind of be a good guy sometimes. You could kind of see him go back and forth. And Thanos, I was talking about earlier, the sacrifices that he made and how he really wasn't having a good time, like you were saying. Um, I think that is a really well-rounded villain. Yeah. Uh, and I felt his, his pain when he threw Gamora off the thing. Yeah. And, you know, when he sees her again in the soul gem. So, yeah, there's a lot of it. And then he literally, like, sits down. And takes a breather. Yeah. And and watches the sunset. And I was mm-hmm. like, what a great ending to that movie. So Thanos, I think, is probably one of the strongest villains that they've got. Because when you think about it, at the end of the day, at the end of, you know, this journey, this work, it when you finish a project, 
there is nothing like just sitting down and contemplating the completion of that project. Ah, and that's what he was doing. I did it. Oh, apparently someone else had mentioned something, um, you know, when he snaps his fingers, mm-hmm. uh, he was surprised that he was still around. He like had a look of surprise on him when he, when he looked at the glove and, and saw that he was still here. Cause he, and that even realized that he took into account. I might be half of the, one of the half of people who disappear. See, I didn't think that I thought that, one, I didn't really see that look on his face, and mm-hmm. I've seen the movie twice. Mm-hmm. But I did notice him looking at like his hand. Yeah, and I thought that maybe he was it, he noticing how how damaged it was. Oh, maybe that because, was because because to, yeah. because to me, you know, you don't wield that gauntlet and get that gauntlet made knowing what you're going to do mm-hmm. if you don't know that if nothing else, this gauntlet is going to keep you. Yeah, it's going to save you. I can't speak to everyone else, which means that ultimately, if he could have gotten his prize without having to sacrifice Gamora, he may have been taking Gamora out anyway. Uh, But I know it's going to save me, Mm -hmm. and and I don't I don't see him as not making sure that that part is not in. Oh, see, I, I there's something about his character and the way he was written and the way he acted that I I wouldn't be surprised. If he fair enough would have made the sacrifice anyway, fair enough. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. So then that's then that sort of speaks to why I like the character so much. Is mm-hmm. I could feel that lower level of uh, consideration. Interesting. We, you you speak even in listing your heroes about Marvel's seeming problem with mm-hmm. villains, and yet your top three are villains. Hmm, that's true. Weird. Well, these are all steps towards good villains. Yeah. So like these, like the the villains I'm talking about were in the early phase. No, one. I know, but I'm just saying it. So yeah. it shows that there's yeah. been. Oh, then they're making steps. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Brandon, it's hard. Oh, you ask a question, but you don't have an answer. I can think of. I was thinking about it. Even though, admittedly, also the... while he's thinking, uh, to be honest, I have these five names on this list, and they are interchangeable. Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking. Yeah, Ryan Peter, Cage, and Carter could all be at the top two, mm-hmm. but I like all of them so much they're all sort of interchangeable. Fair enough. It's real hard because there's so much stuff, and I watch all of it. Because um, I was thinking like Jarvis from Agent Carter, he might not be in the top five, but he gets like an honorable mention. He was cute. He's really great. Yeah. Um, so is Tony Stark in Agent Carter. Uh, I, think I like Tony Stark and Agent Carter. Yeah. I think Tony? five might be... Yeah, it's played by Sorry, Dominic... Not um, um, oh, not Tony. Um, Howard Stark. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> I think five might be Hawkeye. Solely oh. Because I really like his scene in Civil War where he shows up to save Scarlet Witch. And he's like, he's like making jokes. And he's also like... I just feel like he's like a funny character, but also kind of... He's like silently like kind of the heart of the team. Like he tries to keep everyone together. He never really goes off against anyone hmm. except for that time where he was brainwashed. So like, and he went off against everybody. Yeah. yeah. So like I really like that, and he was like kind of like a father figure for Scarlet Witch. So I really like Hawkeye. That may be five. Four would be Captain America because I definitely really like Chris Evans. He's so good. And like I've tried to get into Captain America comics because of him. And for some reason, I just can't get into the comic book character. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the movie character really sells it for me. So he would be four. I'll tell you, having 
the portrayal by Chris Evans helps me with the comic book. Gives you a voice. Gives me a voice for my head and a, and a stature and the, mm. just a, a way of being. Same thing with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man s- series. I think it's another thing. It's the same problem I have with Spider-Man where it's just I want to see these people be more action-oriented and doing things. And since comics are like static, I just yeah. don't get that. Because like, I really like Captain America and like, the old Spider-Man TV show and stuff like that too. Mm. So I just really, I think, like seeing him actually be the character, not just an image of the character. So that's, what, did I say that was four? I think yep. Captain America's four. Yep, yep. Three would be, I'm trying to see who's in. Another, I don't guy, just... another guy who almost made my list was Daredevil, just while Brandon is thinking. Mm. I really like the Daredevil character. I like him. Mm. just don't like the costume, but I like him. Oh, I like the first costume in black. Yeah, the black is... They could have kept that. That would have been fine. It would have been fine. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I just don't want to go straight to it. Okay, I don't know about two and three yet. Number one... You can't just jump to number one and then back to two and three. Okay. Come on, Brandon. Number three. Three, okay. There, I got got all three. Okay, wow, wow. It's going to make everyone mad. Three (laughs) is Grant Ward, S.H.I.E.L.D. What? His his character development over time... So great. Yeah. I've only seen the first season and a half of S.H.I.E.L.D., so. Mm-hmm. Well. I can't speak to him. Then you've seen Grant Ward's story. Pretty it just much. gets regurgitated oh. for the next two That's seasons. That's pretty true. I'm not But in, in, in a little slightly better ways. Okay. Because the show is a little better. But um, Two, I think it's Fitz from S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, is that the woman? No. Or the, no, or the guy. guy. Yeah. He is a good character. His yeah, character development over time has been his, great. And his, yes, yes. His I, beginning of season two was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. awesome. His, I actually like him and I, I like, like... Them together? Fitzsimmons together, yeah. You have to take them both. Yeah. Fitzsimmons. But I feel like Simmons, her, she's also developed, but Fitz has just gone through so much. He has. Especially without spoiling S.H.I.E.L.D., because I know everyone's going to watch it now. <laughs> um, the framework arc with him... Is so great. Oh, yeah. That was last season. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Um, and number one, I think, is Coulson. Because, like, he's done, he's gone through so much. And he was in the first Avengers. And, like, he was around to, like, start everything. Mm-hmm. And so seeing where he's ended up now and, like, what he means to his team and everything, I just, yeah, for me, he's number one. Yeah, he is pretty great. He, so, yeah. he, he was rattling around in my brain as well as a character to, to consider. But he just didn't make the list. But I do love Coulson. He was a great, just out of nowhere, we made him up for the movies kind of thing. And he made his way into the comics. The reason why Coulson doesn't make it for me is because as much as people kneel at the, the altar of him, and I do, and I'm throwing a blank on Clark Kellogg. Yeah. No, not Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. Clark, Clark Kellogg is a basketball player. Um, Clark Gregg. And I like the actor. But the reason why Coulson doesn't resonate for me is because because of the nature of the series, they have to play him often as like the smartest guy in the room. Yet, and you don't see it. He, he always makes a mistake. Yeah, it's always caught. They always know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, exactly how smart truly yeah, yeah. can you be? Like May is supposed to be this ultimate badass, right? So, so she's been able to kick people's butts and you show her kicking people's butts so now they've actually spent the last couple of seasons like handicapping her in one way or another ah. so that while she still can kick butt she gets her butt kicked too 
because she's been handicapped. Would you say she gets down to business? She does. May is Mulan, by the way. Oh, I know she's Mulan. It's a song in Mulan. Never mind, guys. I'll leave. <laughs> it's a song in the Mulan movie. Let's get I down knew to he was making a joke, but I didn't know what he was doing. I wasn't, I've never you know, seen look, Mulan. I've seen Mulan, and, and I actually love Mulan, but outside of To Be a Man, I don't really remember most of the songs. <laughs> That's the song. It's Let's Get Down to Business to Be a Man. I don't know the lines. God damn it, Lynn. <laughs> look. You failed him. Look, it was my. I watched it with my daughter, mm-hmm. right? You know, Brandon's the age of. How old are you, Brandon? Twenty-two. Yeah, he's my daughter's. My daughter's age. Oh, my daughter's baby. three years older than him. So you're a fan of the Shield, then, man. Mm-hmm. Top three of your list were all Shield yeah. characters. I rewatched. Like when I said I rewatched everything, that was mainly because I felt like rewatching Shield, yeah. and I did. I watched all like at the time four or five seasons. In like a week, leading up to Civil War, wow. Shield is Shield is good and it's gotten excellent. You owe it to yourself to watch the two seasons of Agent Carter, though. I have, I've seen everything. Okay, well then, I liked season one. I didn't necessarily love season two. Okay, fair enough. All right, what's your next question, Brandon? Uh, my next that question. That was a good one. That was a good one. I was listening to a different podcast and they were talking about Spider-Man Two Forty, mm-hmm. which is Bendis's last issue. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, it's not. The Miles Morales? Yeah. Iron Man is the last issue, which is weird. Last Marvel he's issue. so tied to Miles Morales. Yeah. And so it got me thinking, what would your what would be your favorite Bendis series? Or if not series, if you can oh, think of it, shit. issue. But that's real specific. Would so it have to be a Marvel series? No. So just Bendis, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I got mine. Okay. Ultimate Spider-Man number 12. Uh, back in 2000, they had started a new universe that's already dead called the Ultimate Universe, and Brian Michael Bendis was one of the architects of that, and he wrote the um, Ultimate Spider-Man through the entirety of its existence and every issue I liked. But about 12 issues in, he did an issue where he, Peter Parker, reveals to Mary Jane that he is Spider-Man. And the entire issue, I believe, takes place in Peter's bedroom on his bed, and they're just talking. And I loved that issue so much. I remember just being kind of blown away by it. Just the fact that it's a Spider-Man issue with no spidering happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure that pissed off a lot of people who just went, Woo, how come he's not swinging around the city? So um, that was always one of his strong suits, I think, Bendis, was dialogue, yeah. conversation, and the emotional beats and stuff like that. He was never... Th- as good at big crossover events, mm-hmm. I don't think, as he was the little beats. And yeah. so that was one of my favorites. My favorite Bendis book was Powers, mm. which was started as an image comic and then when he moved went to Marvel it became Icon. Uh, icon, like basically their 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 imprint for Bendis. And now it'll be over at DC. So is it gonna go over to I believe DC? So, yeah. Um and power was is basically um started off very much as a a kind of like a crime genre book cuz he was known for a lot of crime crime books yeah, goldfish goldfish and jinx jinx yeah yeah um so power was uh, uh these two detectives but their beat was investigating super superhero crimes in this city so basically like them and they would be investigating like the murders of superhero crimes of uh, superheroes um and it was really cool 
Uh, and then it had its own internal mythology and mystery because one of the cops you find out used to be a superhero and what happened to and because of that he's got like this kind of like relationship with all the heroes in the in this universe and it was a very dark like it was almost if Sin City was superheroes yeah this was that's what powers was and less TNA not much less TNA. Not much, not true. true. There was a lot of TNA in there, but it, but it, it became a very cool series with a, a lot of cool commentary on the whole idea of being a superhero, the whole idea of being a cop, um, the whole idea of of you know with great powers come great responsibility. Does it really? What did these power be? Can you easily get com- like a god complex? Uh, it was really, really, really dope. Probably for like the first. 50 issues and then it does a flip and you go back in time is that the one with the uh the monkey sex yeah, yeah. it goes back in time it totally reworks his mythology it's it's just a crazy book but i i, I loved it and the art was by mike michael avon omen yeah which was very cartoony but fit mm-hmm. with with that world and it's still my favorite thing that Bendis has done. I want to back that up 100%. I can only back it up about 75%. Because I, I would get excited. Because first of all, the publishing schedule was, was F'd yeah. in the B. Yes. It came out very sporadically. And so I would I would have forgotten what was happening. And it was hard for me to get my, mm-hmm. my brain back in that headspace of, of those true. characters. And so that was a problem. And then sometimes you got a little masturbatory with all the dialogue balloons yes and so that would be kind of a detriment a little bit where it's like just can we all right yes i get what you're doing here but can we move it on just ever so slightly more quickly um and then i just sort of fell off because i just uh, maybe it moved and i well when it keeps moving that does hurt the scheduling of it hurts as as uh because it gets late it was always late yeah and coming um that is a book that i think definitely would lend itself to just going straight to trade yeah. as opposed to the single issues because it just runs so late. Just but even that because story. of how much dialogue is in there. Yeah. You, you got to put down the trade after a while. And not, you do. Yeah, you can't. That's not a one-sitter. It's not. Yeah. It's not at all. So it is a little bit of work. I actually have fallen off a little bit mm-hmm. and, and I'm fine with falling off. Like, I've read enough of it that, I, that, I'm, that I'm good. Um, I feel like I've got, like, a, a good whole story on it. Uh, but it it's just good stuff. Yeah, particularly there was one story. I think the last one I read was, um, it was like superpowers as an STD. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That was a good one. I'm just doing a quick search to see if it's actually still coming out. But go ahead. Brandon. Uh, I was trying to think of like a favorite issue, and I don't think I can think of one. So I think it would just be Ultimate Mm Spider-Man as a whole. Mm, So good. Probably, Top to bottom. But probably the Peter Parker, specifically Ultimate Spider-Man. Because there was Ultimate Spider-Man, and then there was like Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And then there was Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. So I think it would just be the first like 100, maybe 150 issues, I think. Sure. Of Ultimate Spider-Man. Because I just really love those. I'm thinking like there's so many like great moments in it. Mm-hmm. And also, I know I said Young Justice was my first comic. And it was the first one like, I like sought out, I think. Aside from like some one-offs, but my aunt used to like sometimes see comics at like the newsstand or whatever, and she would pick them up for me. And I remember one of the first comics I actually read was Ultimate Spider-Man number I don't know, where <laughs> um, it introduces Sandman. Yeah. And at the time, I knew about different universes, but I didn't know what the Ultimate Comics were. 
So I was like, oh, this must be an alternate universe thing because this woman is explaining Spider-Man's first time fighting Sandman. But I could tell by like the style that it seemed like new. Mm-hmm. But I just really loved that. So that's issue, and that series as a whole has always had like a special place in my yeah, heart. Same man. And and then even when he's moved over to Miles, it just kept being just as good as it was for the whole previous run. Mm-hmm. I agree that um, the well, not when he came over to the six one six. It hit a dip with the six one six after Secret Wars. And I think it picked up again, but I think for a while. Yeah, it, it had was that floundering. Dip. It didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, the different the, the 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 way they were effing around with the Ultimate books, it was like Ultimate Spider-Man, and then Ultimate. Yeah. Uh, what was it? It was Ultimate Comics. Ultimate Spider-Man. Comics Spider-Man. Yeah, stop yeah. it. Knock it off. Um, <laughs> with all the stops and starts, but yeah, great. Is Power still being published? The last one seemed to come out in 2017. Okay. We Powers number Powers number eight came out from Marvel Comics in um, January, February, March, April, May. Oh, a year ago. It, it, the, are you looking at traits? No, this is issues. Okay. Okay. Leaping off your PlayStation into the comic that started it all, the award-winning mashup of cops and capes like you've never seen them before. Witness an untold tale of Power's past. The secret origin of Diamond continues. Yeah. Right. That was the last one. Yeah. I forgot they made they made it into a TV show. Yeah, I watched one episode of that and then said, I'm not going to watch this anymore. Yeah, I heard it was garbage. Was that all three questions? Is that all you got? That was only two. Oh, well, oh we got another question. Okay. Shit. <laughs> The last one, I don't know if this one's going to work, but I've been thinking about it for a while. Are there any things, is there anything from like pop culture, not necessarily just comics, that has influenced other aspects of your life? Because the way, the thing that made me think of it is my favorite colors in order are red, then blue, then green, then yellow, then pink. The reason for that is because that's always been the order of the Power Rangers. Red is in charge, and then blue is like always second in command, and then green, yellow, pink. And so I was wondering, is there anything like that where it's like something you got into as a kid or something influenced how you look at things now? Like maybe you always try to think, whenever you do something, you think like, what would Batman do? Or you think like, I have power now, I have to be responsible with it because of Spider-Man. Like are there things like that that you two carry Two things, do, do you have something? No, go ahead. Do you want me to go? There are two things that jumped to mind as soon as you asked that, asked that question. One, Halloween. Uh, my love of horror movies and the season of Halloween just basically fall. Uh, I've always had an undying love for... Now, I find it anxiety-inducing to like have to go to a, a costume party and then do a costume that's not... I just, I'm going to buy a costume and put it on. I don't want to spend six months making a costume for a costume party. I have friends who do that, and they're amazing at it. To me, it's anxiety-inducing. But I like going to costume parties. I like watching horror movies, all that other stuff. And I think it's just because uh, one night I was being babysat and I was told to leave the room. And, of course, I went to the top of the stairs and peeked down and I watched... uh, They were watching Halloween. There was three movies that I recall. Halloween scared the bejesus out of me, the parts I could see. (laughs) There was a sequence that, for for years, I had a memory of it and couldn't remember where it came from until I rewatched it. I believe it was Amityville Horror, Mm. where one of the babysitters or one of the kids was trapped in a closet and was banging so hard on the door that they were getting bloody. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea where that was from. All I had was the image. And then the scene from Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge where he jumps out of the pool um, and he's got the big arms at the pool party. Right. And I was like, he's attacking everyone in the real world at once? What? So that sort of spawned all of my love for horror and stuff like that. And then I was doing 
one of those stupid Facebook things where it's like 10 influential albums in 10 days. And it occurred to me that Nation of a Million to Hold Us Back, the Public Enemy album, was the first time as a young white kid I was experiencing someone else's experience of the world or of America. Mm-hmm. And that really threw me for a loop. And like, not everybody has my experience. There are other experiences. And just because I'm a certain color doesn't it means certain things for different people and so that was one of the first times i can kind of remember i was in my backyard uh mowing the lawn and and raking and someone had lent me i guess the cassette tape and uh this epiphany i guess sort of happened and that was it was it was a very small thing but i do believe that it has affected me moving forward throughout my life i think mine and it it's going to go on a little bit of a thread Oh, because mine didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it starts with uh, Robin Williams on Mork and Mindy. Oh wow! Like I knew that I was, I knew that I, I I knew I was different, and I knew that I, I liked you know like superheroes and comic books and stuff like that, and that kind of stuff appealed to me. But when that show came out, I was in elementary school, and I was okay as a kid. Yeah, I was an okay student, you know, and people liked me well enough. You know, um, I went to, I have a twin sister, so we were, and we went to Catholic school, so we were in class at the same time. So a lot of times it was like, oh, that's Leslie's brother, or that's, you know, uh, Leonard's sister, you know, so we always got that all the time. We were like kind of like interchangeable. Um, but we were r- relatively smart students. And then I watched Mork and Mindy on TV, and Robin Williams was just going, he was just off the walls, like Nanu, Nanu. He's bouncing all, bouncing all over the place. And he had already done a guest spot on Happy Days, but because of because, and as crazy as he was on there, because he was, that's more of a straight show. He wasn't totally bonkers, you know what I mean. Plus, he was going up, kind of like up against the Fonz, you know. So the Fonz still had to outcool him, you know what I mean. Coolness had to rule. But on his own show, he could just be Robin Williams, like that new, that new, going all, all nuts, insane. And I remember distinctly coming in the next day to school in the schoolyard as you're playing around before class starts, and saying. I can do that. And I just ran around. I was just bouncing off the walls. Nanu, nanu, talking to people, plucking them in the eyes. I was all of a sudden like doing my favorite Three Stooges things that I always wanted to do, but I never felt comfortable enough doing. And in my head, I come, you know, I said, I'm just being Mork. I'm just being Mork when I'm doing this. And so when I would go out on recess and everything like that, you know, we'd be playing around. It's like I'm, I'm Captain America. I'm, I'm Thor. Like I'm Mork. What y'all gonna do? You know what I mean? Because y'all can't hurt Mork. You know what I mean? So that became my secret identity, and I, and uh, going forward in my life, there was always something that I could identify with to make me come out of my shell. Hmm. So when I got a lot older, and me and my my boy um, uh, Jay. Um, James and my man Scott, we wanted to be form a rap group, and I again was a geek. I was like, I don't know, I'm sure you want to rap with me, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, 
fucking I can write rhymes. Yeah. So I came up, you know, and I, and I by then I had come up with like this artist name of Cruz and how I signed all my artwork. And I was like, well, Cruz, if Cruz can draw all these pictures that everybody likes and think is so cool, and everybody sees like, oh yeah, that, yeah, they draw me a Cruz picture, then Cruz should be able to rap. So. I would write these rhymes and I would just summon within myself when we got in front of the microphone that I'm not Len, I'm not Leonard, I'm Cruz. And fuck it, Cruz is on this microphone, Cruz is on the stage, Cruz said, here, come here girl. And I was, it, it, that was my secret identity. Nobody knew that deep down when the mics was off, I was this shy little kid. Don't look at me. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And anytime I wanted to, to step out of that shield, I'd be like, Cruz would not just be sitting here. Right. Boom. Cruz is going to go do this. You know what I mean? Cool. And to this day, when I'm, when I'm bouncing around with the triples and stuff, and, and we get, especially when we get into social settings, you know, I'm kind of cool. But I'm still like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, no. Bad Tribble can't sit here. Bad Tribble has got to break out. Nice. And that's what, that's what it is. It's I've not I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Now, I didn't have a name for it, but I, 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 I've seen that flip, that yeah. switch be flipped. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Brandon. I was thinking, I mean, aside from like the Spider-Man thing or the Power Rangers thing, I can't really think of anything else. Like, there's certain things that, like, I carry with me. I can't really think of, like, pop culture things. I mean, like, I try to be, like, Tim Drake, I guess, kind of. Yeah, you're always talking about Tim Drake, sure. But I don't, like, I relate to him a little bit, but I don't necessarily, like, I actually thought about that. I don't feel like I relate to him on, like, a I'm like him kind of way. Like a personal level. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm almost the opposite, actually. Because I'm, like, really pessimistic, and he's, like, all about um, being inspired by Batman and being, like, optimistic. So I don't really feel like I relate to him. Is that maybe what you like about him, though? That's what I was thinking, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, generally, I think when we look at characters, we either look at characters that we feel like we relate to or want to relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Well said. I think for me, the two like shows at least that influenced me the most were The Fresh Prince of Bel Air mm. and Boy Meets World. Honestly, more Boy Meets World. Sure. But like, the like Will, like, I don't know, not really, I guess, but like kind of going to like the rich school because like I went to like a private school even though I I'm not very wealthy. Um, so like I related to that, but not really because I feel like. He went to that school, but he also had... He was living with Uncle Phil and everyone. So he had... He didn't have money himself, but like he was with people who had money. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really relate to that. But, yeah, that idea of like not necessarily fitting in, I guess I related to. You well, know we know that you're not wealthy. But one would think that you are, considering that every time you... Every Wednesday when you come here and you buy your new comics... You pay with gold doubloons. <laughs> well, I mean, JD won't take like this <laughs> platinum card. Also, he's got a Dalmatian that he he hand painted dollar signs on. Um, you know, I want to piggyback off your Will Smith thing. That was another one that, you know, growing up there were 
rappers and artists and actors who were cool, and they would put on these airs of coolness. And then I saw Will Smith, and I was listening to all of his stuff, uh, Parents Just Don't Understand and Nightmare on My Street and all this other stuff. And, and, and those albums, he would specifically be talking about things that I, I didn't hear anybody else talking about. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing anything to be cool. It didn't seem like to me, at least. Yeah. It felt like he was ta- rapping about the things he likes. He likes being funny, so he would write a funny story and then make a rap out of it and blah, blah, blah. And I, that was kind of... That meant a lot to me as well. That like is like, oh, this guy who's doing this thing that everyone else seems to be doing this way, and he is doing his own thing, and then wound like you know he's for a while there. I, I feel like he's kind of a joke. Like you know the Family Guy did yeah. a bit about him, like you know respect your parents and clean the rug and mm-hmm. you know all this other sort of stuff, and you know and he, he didn't write a lot of raps with uh, curses in him and stuff like that. He's just like, no, nah, I don't, don't want to do that. It's not my thing. It was interesting. Uh, I got a chance to sit down and talk with uh, DMC of Run DMC. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm telling you my whole thing of, like, the secret identity and thing. But without me saying a word to him, he's just going on in his history. And he basically says my story beat by beat. That's mm-hmm. what he did. You know, he was just a, a geeky kid Growing up, ran into uh, Joseph Simmons, who was Run of Run DMC. Um, he wrote rhymes mostly to kind of come out of his shell. But when Run said, "Let's put this show together," he's like, "I don't know what I can do, man." But he was at the time was watching a Marvel um, superheroes cartoon, and his favorite hero was the Hulk. Yeah. And the Hulk would come bashing through the, through the walls and everything like that. And he said. Uh, yeah, it, I can do that, and that's why he like he started like one of his his songs like you know like son of Bifer, brother of Al, these my name and runs my power strictly like just on this Hulk level, and like everything of his was like boom boom because it was that was the Hulk in him coming ah, out, you know what I mean? Me. And I I really I really dug that man. That's yeah. why he is the Gamma Triple. Nice. Oh, uh, damn it, that's awesome. I figured out my thing. Yes, um, go. Well, I was trying to think, like, characters I... Like, as far as relating to, definitely um, Abed on Community. Oh, I yeah. really relate to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as things that I take cool, cool, cool. with me, like, from things... Or uh, Childish Gambino's song, That Power, mm-hmm. at the end, I always try to carry that in my life. Because it's um, he tells this story about... I don't know... Well, yeah. So he tells this story about being on a bus... And he tells this girl that he likes her. And then she doesn't respond. She doesn't really respond. Yeah. On their way home from camp. Yeah. They're on the way home from camp. Yeah. And then when he wakes up, because he goes to sleep on the bus, and when he wakes up, she's not on the bus anymore. And then some mean girls come by. And during his, like, telling her, his, like, confession to her, he mentions the word destiny. He mentions the word destiny. Better? Yes? Destiny? Yeah. Yeah. So he mentions the word destiny, and then one of these mean girls just says destiny to him and walks off. And so and he realizes, laugh. yeah, he realizes that um, the girl he thought had, he, the girl he had feelings for and he thought had feelings for him had, um, like, told other people. So he said that's when he learned to make it all for everybody always. No one, like, people can't go and tell someone your story because you've already told them. Yeah. And that's something I try to carry with me. And sometimes I take it, I, th- I think, too far. Like, people are like, I don't want to know that about you. That's too much information. But I try to, like, not hide anything because it's just yeah. like at some point it's going to come out anyway. So 
if I tell anyone anything, it's something I expect everyone will know at some point. Yeah. Which does result in me like keeping some things hidden that I maybe should tell someone. Uh-huh. But I just like yeah, that's how I try to live life. I live yeah, I do the same thing. Um I think as a way of de- you know, personal defense, emotional defense, I make jokes about myself that way no one else can do it. Like anything right. that you think of to make fun of me for, I've already said. So eat it. Yeah. And that's a good segue, Brandon. Thank you on to what you know, I think for time-wise, should be like the last thing that we talk about today. And I just want to go out on record. I just watched, thanks to uh, JD, Childish Gambino's latest video, This Is this America. This Is America. And I've always felt this way, but watching this video and how adventurous and bombastic that uh, and um, provocative yeah. that that video is and 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 God bless Donald Glover for for having the courage to do that. Um, and, and but it's even not even so much about courage. And I want everybody that watches what this man is doing with his career to realize that it's not about courage. It's about the freedom to do this. And this is a freedom that he has created for himself by being one hundred percent, you know, authentic in everything mm-hmm. that he is he has done. You may not agree with all of his artistic choices and mm-hmm. all of his artistic creations, but God damn it, you cannot knock the man for truly exercising the creativity that is within him mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, find vehicles and ways to put out stuff that is thoughtful and inventive. I remember, it's a shame and I hate to do this, but watching him craft and 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 shape his career yeah. and his mark on music, Hollywood, and uh, culture, all at the same time, is remindful of how much everybody was just you know dripping all over Kanye West when he first hit. And there was something about Kanye to me that just didn't feel authentic. Yeah. It felt false. It felt put on. Um, even when he would go on about his mother, and God bless, you know, I, I wish nobody to lose their mother. Oh, no. Um, so I certainly felt for him for that. But even that felt <laughs> icky because it felt to me like he was, like, taking advantage of, you know, this this tragedy that he had in life and, and some of the things that he was doing. And it's playing it. And I think over the years that my thoughts about him have certainly played out to be true and never more so than in more, more recent times in the past two weeks. Yeah. But when you, I mean, Donald Glover has actually been out there in the culture for probably close to 10 years now, mm-hmm. even if not a little bit longer and is still doing inventive, thoughtful, provocative stuff that makes you stop, think, um, and make you uh, and makes you uh, uh, appreciate having him out there, and I feel like, to me, to use my analogy, I, I, I'm I'm confident that he is somebody's Robin Williams. Absolutely, I was just yes, I was 100% just thinking that. I didn't know yeah. where you were going with this, but I was like, uh, if I was younger, he would have this would have been mine. Yeah, yeah, he definitely um, is for me. I think. Yeah, and you said that. That's why yeah. I think it was a perfect segue. Yeah, he's so good. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, when I first came across, you know, I, I'd seen him on a thing called, it was on YouTube. I was just watching these 
Derek comedy bits. Right. It was like him and a couple other guys yeah. who just did comedy bits. And I was like, oh, these guys are really funny. And then somehow I saw they must have linked to, oh, he put out like a mixtape. He just like puts out free mm-hmm. mixtapes online. So I clicked on that and I went, oh, oh, oh. And it was there was a lot of wordplay. Um, he was really good at, um, you know, they weren't funny raps, but they were thoughtful yeah. and heartfelt, but also with a lot of like style to it. Yeah, and wit. Um, and wit, wit. Thank you, wit. Uh, and then when he stopped doing that, I was very disappointed because I went and saw him live. I went and saw him live back when he was affordable, and he did an hour <laughs> of stand-up and then an hour of his new Music. Uh, mi- mixtape stuff, and it was awesome. And then I think he did uh, Because the Internet. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, I don't like this. I don't, this is annoying. And then he did uh, Awaken My Love, mm-hmm. which is the, the previous album. Or I guess after Kauai, he did Awaken My Love. And Stone I went, Mountain Kauai. What's that? Stone Mountain Kauai. Stone Mountain Kauai. And then, um, yeah, when this other one came out, I'm like, oh, this is just like a blues funk album. Like, cool, but it's not for me. I really wish he was doing that other stuff. And now I'm starting to learn, like, really appreciate all of the things. Because the internet still is not an enjoyable listening experience, the whole album. But I was listening through all of um, Awaken My Love last night. And that's solid. It's so good. And it's so different from the thing that he started off doing. Yeah. So I have even the things I don't like of his, I 100% respect that he's doing it. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh, also, if you haven't seen it, go watch This Is America. It's one of the first, not the, none of the first, but it's rare that I will go back and rewatch a music video immediately. Yeah. And I watched that three times in a row with Sushan. Especially in these days and time. Yeah. And also watch his uh, Saturday Night Live bits. There were some good shit. bits. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. I'm sorry. I was thinking one of the bits. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gutter Talk. You can find us at Bat Tribble. No, Black Tribbles. Black tri- oh, oh, on Twitter. On Twitter, on Twitter you can Tribbles. hit us up at Black Tribbles or you want to hit me up directly at the Bat Tribble. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at cult pop go no jesus cult pop go at gmail.com yeah i was right and then you can find me at twitter at uh jd's hero complex jds hero hero complex and you can email us at black triples at gmail.com yeah are you on social media in any way brandon not really okay oh, okay cool well, good for you i mean i have it but i never use it i just follow other people yeah well that's okay. good cool awesome right. so yeah uh anything oh like us on itunes and tell your friends to listen. And we yeah. do a review. And leave a review on Please iTunes. Please leave a review. Either whether or not you find us under under the Black Tribbles on iTunes or under Co-Pop yep. on, on iTunes. Leave us a review. And hey, a real quick shout oh, out. Yeah. Real quick shout out. Go. There are two trades being put uh, that have been put out by uh, Catalyst Prime Comics, Noble, Volume 1 and 2, uh, by my man Brandon Thomas, Roger Robinson, Juan Fernandez. I've been, um, this is a great comic book. I'm just going to read you the, the, the plug on the back, Noble. Astronaut David Powell helps save the Earth from an approaching asteroid. In the resulting explosion, David gained superhuman telekinetic powers but lost his memories. Now back on Earth, David is on the run from the Foresight Corporation and its CEO, Lorena Pena, using his new powers to stay alive long enough to regain his memories, his family, and his identity. This is a very, very solid comic book. Check it out. And also from Boom, Boom Studios, check out 
Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T. I'm not even going to tell you about the book. I'm just going to tell you that as good as Noble, I can rep- recommend Noble because it's in trade. Abbott is not in trade yet, but it's the first comic book in over 10 years that I, I, I'm so close to buying the, the, oh, the floppies nice. because it is just that freaking yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good um, sort of dark mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say what Randy says. Uh, if you want black comics, you want more black comics, start buying black comics because I can't sell these books, but I order them because I want to sell them. So, yeah, rep. Anything else? That is it. All right. Thanks. Bye. We'll talk to you later. Da-da-da! <laughs> <laughs>